free stickers. What's that? That's right, free curiosityness stickers. They're 100% free. I'm giving them away, including free shipping and handling. If you want one, just head over to curiosityness.com/free-sticker. And uh, I'll send one over to you for free with free shipping and handling. It's really, truly free. Uh, and welcome to episode 37 of Curiosityness. This episode is really cool. It's fun. I have on Matthew and Joanna Hoffman, uh, and they're the creators of The Living Vehicle. And this podcast used to be called Campers and Vans Getting Coffee, and it was all about, you know, camping in a van, right? And living in a van full time and van life and all that stuff. Um, but this is like full time living in a, the living vehicle is, is living full time on the road or, or extended travel, at least that's super luxurious and just crazy awesome. So I was super excited to talk to both the, both Matthew and Joanna. Um, they just have a ton of stuff to share. They're their business that they're building with living vehicle is just incredible. They want it to be a, you know, a a net zero kind of, uh, trailer where it's not, I'll just let them explain it. They're, they're good at explaining it. Um, but I would recommend if you haven't even seen or heard of the living vehicle before, Definitely head over to uh, livingvehicle.com first, and uh, before you listen to this, probably, and take a look at just what the trailer looks like, and uh, you know, take a little tour of it, because um, it's it's truly incredible. It's awesome. So, I think you're going to like it. Uh, so, without further ado, here is Matt and Joanna. And we're going. What's going on? Matt and Joanna, how you guys doing? Good. How are you doing, Travis? Doing good. So, Good to see you, Travis. Thanks yeah. for having us today. Yes, have, yeah, of uh, course. Happy to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for making the time, guys. I know you're you're busy. You got a lot of traveling and building and designing and all this crazy stuff you guys do. You have, it's just like, it's it's so cool what you guys are doing. Um, I think I found out about the man. The I don't know how I initially found out about the living vehicle just through like some articles or you know social media or whatever. But I went to the. Uh, Southern California, like RV show or whatever it's called in Pomona. (laughs) Yeah. Went to that. Um, a lot of the motivation to go there was because I knew you guys would be there. The living vehicle was there. So we got to check it out, brought the whole family and everything. Um, so it was pretty sweet to see. I, my, my girlfriend, we live in like a kind of a tiny studio here in Long Beach. And, um, I've been trying to kind of get the idea of living on the road more so in her head and, and maybe in a sprinter van or something like that, but she wasn't super into it. But once she saw the living vehicle, she was like, okay, okay. I could, I could do this full time, you know, usually the, the shower gets the ladies, the shower and the, uh, the dishwasher and the washer dryer that makes life a lot easier. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. It, it is awesome. Um, Man, so I guess let's just kind of go, let's just start with the story. I'm sure you guys tell this, you know, all the time, but how did this, like, how did the living vehicle even, like, germinate? What's the what's the background and the story there? Yeah, you don't just kind of fall backwards into a high-end travel trailer company, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I quit high school. Stop high school. Especially in your mid-30s, Yeah, right? stop high school and said, by 30 years old, I'm going to start a high-end travel trailer company. Yeah, it's you know, completely random, right? Um, Every little girl. Yeah. How does it germinate? You know, <laughs> slow and over a long period of time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Joanna kind of fell into this. She's like, what? I thought you wanted a hotel. Oh, no. Surprise. It's a trailer hotel. Right. <laughs> Smoke and mirrors. Um, you know, yeah, it happened over a long period of time. This whole company came from it's it kind of birthed out of uh, the former company that we had and still do uh, Hoffman Architecture. That's mm-hmm. the high end travel trailer, um, small space renovation company. Um, and before that, I was an architect. So I think it really starts well, you at... still are. Well, I'm still an architect, still a licensed architect in uh, California. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, back in the recession of 20, 2000, what, 2008, 2009, um, I quit my job. I was a licensed architect. I was bored um, living in Santa Barbara and getting paid you know, well, well enough to live in a very expensive community. Um, but you know, I wasn't terribly inspired. So, you know, I, um, I quit my job and moved, moved into a renovated Airstream trailer. And that's kind of what started this whole thing. I didn't have, well, you renovated it. I renovated the trailer. Yeah. In my spare time. Um, Mm -hmm. it was just, a. I love 
staying busy and just doing projects, working with my hands. And so that really turned into that, what I thought was going to be an architecture company, turned into a small space renovation and, and build company. And that's what Hoffman Architecture is. Mm-hmm. And so then that kind of went for about six years and about 400 projects later, we designed a whole slew of, you know, interiors and modifying shells and doing buses and vans and anything, trailers, anything that old rolls. trailers or floats. We did some floating yeah. stuff and we did one flying thing. Oh, wow. Uh, anything that moves. Moves. It was, yeah, it's mobile. Right. So mobile-based design and build company. Um, so then that segued into, you know, us living that lifestyle. Joanne and I, you know, I met Joanna probably four years into that business and, um, you know, kind of roped her in on this whole craziness that, you know, I was living, you know, whether it was a trailer or, you know, on a boat or, you know, small, just small spaces. Well, he gave me a challenge. So when we, and he told me pretty early on that he kind of lived, you know, an alternative lifestyle and, um, you know. Okay. That before we got too serious into our relationship, there were some things I had to know about him and we had to be on the same page about. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty terrified because I've had a, a lot of guys tell me that and it uh just a you know, a basket of, of weird things. So I was yes. like, Oh I like this guy, what's wrong with him? Okay. And he tells me that, you know, he basically lives in Airstreams and small spaces, and I didn't really even know what that meant. Um, I didn't really know what an airstream was, and I mean, I lived in small apartments, but um, he told me he owned a hotel, but it was made out of these airstreams, and I was just so confused. And I was like, I, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he's like, Okay, well, you know, um, if we're gonna really be together, he's like, I have to know that you can live this lifestyle because this is who I am. Mm-hmm. So we bought a trailer together and um, went on the road for I don't know what a year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was our first kind of real adventure together. And it wasn't anything special. We we bought a, a white box trailer. And at the time, we were we were thinking about segueing from this renovation company into building our own product. So we didn't know what it looked like yet, um, but we wanted to understand a, a whole wide range of products. So at that point, we started investigating different types of small space solutions. Uh, we bought a standard white box trailer, painted it black to kind of go undercover a little bit. But re- we really understood kind of this what most of the industry was then, you know, selling to consumers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so lived that, uh, lived it, you know, intentionally, just kind of took notes and understood what was out there. Of course, we made it a little cooler, put in some cool stuff. Yeah, we you know, drank a couple of beers and Matt gave me some goggles and said, here you go, like, start start cutting some holes in this thing and let's start, start a, that's where we had the idea where we did our first skylight. Yeah, right, yeah. Mind you, cutting, cutting holes with tools that aren't going to cut you, you know, it's like yeah. little, it was, it was oscillating, you know, safe-ish. <laughs> okay. Uh, so anyways, you know, that's that's what then created this this company, Living Vehicle. And, you know, Joanna came up with the name um, and uh, we just had this this desire to create something better. Um, and a lot of folks were living in small spaces for extended periods of time, uh, including ourselves. But it was constantly a compromise. So what that, you know, I mean, you got all these great products out there that are designed for something else. You know, they're designed for recreation, they're designed for travel, they're designed for short-term stays, um, and they come in all shapes and forms, whether it's a van life or kind of trailer living or you're in a, a Class A motorhome. It's it's all the same because they're, none of that is designed specifically for full-time use mm-hmm. um, or call that a home. Yeah, so this concept of people living in small spaces and trailers and all of that, I mean, that's been around for such a long time. Right. But like Matt said, all of these things were not fundamentally designed for the way that people had, you know, been using them. Mm -hmm. Um, We really wanted to, we hear this all the time where somebody said, oh, you know, I used to have an Airstream or I had this, but I couldn't take it, you know, below freezing or, you know, it doesn't really fit you know, my family of five in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these things are not designed for that. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. It's just you're not yeah. using it for what what its purpose is. And that's really why people to us at Hoffman Architecture was that folks had these great vessels, these shells, mostly old trailers because they have they still hold some kind of um, iconic value. Mm-hmm. And then they customized the interior. And it was always a real challenge, as you can imagine, with the curves and, you know, it's 
they're smaller and they're not designed specifically for that purpose. And we do a great job. We'd have these great results, but it's very limiting. And so we kind of went to the drawing board and said, okay, if we were to do this ourselves, we would create something better specifically for the ground up, you know, given everything that we've learned from designing for others, um, you know, 400 projects, there's a lot of data there and yeah. customer sensitivity. Um, but then also taking kind of a cue from our own lives where we've been living that life for, you know, so long, you know, myself the last 10 years, Joanna, the last three, three or four. Since I met you, so five. And um, so then it's with that kind of awareness that we then embarked on this new company living vehicle, which was to create a product that uh, was built from the ground up for full-time living uh, with the ultimate goal to be completely self-sufficient, self-sustaining. Um, so as it stands right now, we have, you know, LV is created. Uh, it's on it's on the market. It's for sale. We've got about 25 of these things rolling around out there. Um, and we're continuing to grow our company uh, with the goal uh, to become a net zero product. Now, to us, that means um, when you live in this, when you call a living vehicle home, or even if it's just for an extended period, a month or two, um, our goal is to have it to where it doesn't require any, any energy or utilities to run um, and also doesn't, uh, doesn't put out any waste in the form of emissions or um, literally like human waste or effluent or you know, doesn't need anything. It can just exist and support your life, whether it's living or transportation, mm -hmm. completely independent of any grid, any fuel source, any requirement, and it doesn't spit anything back into the atmosphere. So that's our that's our mission. That's why we're here. That's what we're creating is kind of that ultimate freedom and independence. And um, we, we're up to the challenge. Uh, we're, we're really excited about this. And we're, we're on the way. We're, on, we're heading there. So this, this is kind of where we are right now. And uh, we're excited to, you know, to take this on. Sweet. That's awesome. So you, you know, there was kind of this change and, and a lot of people were, you know, using... RVs and, you know, recreational vehicles for extended living and everything like that. So you kind of saw that people were doing that through your, you know, your architecture business and doing that already. So, you know, just with all the stuff you decided to, you thought there was a better way to do it and a, a, a new, an opportunity for a new product entirely. So you guys did it. And so does that where the name, um, obviously recreational vehicle, it, we're not, this isn't for recreation, this is for living. So it's a living vehicle, Correct. right? Yeah, and it's it's also kind of a you know not only is it blatantly obvious that it's a <laughs> design for living, but well, it, also, it does everything that a recreational trailer does. Obviously, you can still travel in it and do all of that. Yeah, um, but it's designed for extended use right. and so that's, all those comforts that you know come with living. Right, mm -hmm. but it's a little deeper where you know this kind of whole net zero. Um, concept where, you know, the things you require for life, where we see this as a vehicle for life that supports life in the mm -hmm. most sustainable way possible, where, you know, we as humans require certain things like quality air. Um, we require water. Uh, we require, you know, a place to, you know, a, a place to make waste, you know. And so, you know, we got to have this vessel that supports. So I'll, I'll laugh with you. It's, it's yeah. a little. <laughs> got to have you know? it, you know. Yeah, everybody poops out there, guys. Come on. Um, and, you know, we, we accept these realities as challenges. And then we say, how can this vehicle support life in the most elegant, sustainable way possible uh, with ultimate uh, ultimately a reliance on nothing, right? So you don't like, I, it's my goal and we're doing this right now. We're, we're in R and D to produce our own water, to fill up the water tanks, um, just pull water out of the air, uh, you know, through condensation, Whoa. um, and then cycling. Um, so, you know, it's this kind of confluence of systems of integrated systems that are all, you know, kind of fundamentally pretty awesome on themselves. But when you, when you put it all together and then you also attach it to a, a, a tow vehicle, um, it's also our goal that, you know, we're not there yet, but you look at the automotive industry that, uh, yeah, everyone's you know, going we're, electric. we're all going electric, right? So mm -hmm. when these, uh, HD tow vehicles are all electric, it's our desire to have, uh, the living vehicle, not only produce a space for us to live, uh, self-sufficient, uh, but also to produce enough power to run the tow vehicle. So you have this moving, I mean, basically we're looking away to, to change the way that people live and travel in our modern world. Um, like, is, you know, simple, simple goal. Is our, is our, 
<laughs> yeah, man, that's cool. That's exciting too. It's it's kind of like a a cool confluence of times where you know these electric vehicles are really starting to um, get really good and efficient and and you know more. There's not. I don't think there's really an electric truck yet, but um, they're coming. Yeah, yeah. I see a lot of little prototypes, kind of backyard yeah. projects that folks are doing. You know, and if you want to talk a little more about the living vehicle, word, you know, the brand, what it means. Um, you know, it's 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 more than just. I don't know. It's it's defining the way people live because if if you're now taking away the driver's seat and the steering wheel from a vehicle because you don't need it because now they're all autonomous, you're driving around. You know, then a vehicle then becomes you can it, it completely wipes it away. You no longer have a steering wheel, driver's seat, passenger seat, and then three seats in the back. It's now basically just a box for whatever, and it just Hopefully happens to really be a really big fridge. Yeah, it could be a gym. It could be uh, you know, it could be an office. It could. Be I like a, to eat and cook. You know, so. <laughs> I like fridges. <laughs> we're on this like kind of this point, this kind of this inflection point where we're changing, you know the. I mean, quite fundamentally, the way that we move in our world, right, because of technology and how it's now coming into these different uh, systems. Yeah, and I think, you know, a big part of that, too, is, I mean, it's really cool to be, you know, not relying on the grid and the man and all of that, but also just the experience of using this thing and living in it. You know, right now, there's a lot of limitations with, you know, you look at your traditional RV park, for instance, and it's really just outdated. You know, you've got these... You know, retirees and people that kind of set up and they've got their, you know, beers and their TVs outside and they hang out and, you know, that's awesome. But a lot of people are looking to, you know, use this vehicle to go out further. Yeah. Well, not to say they're all lined up like sausages in that RV park and they're all, I mean, they're all basically ball and chained to that sewer outlet, that, that water inlet and then maybe some coaxial cable to beam some internet with some Wi-Fi there. So every time I see one of those parks, it's like these little jails, right? Where you know you've got your you've got your handcuffs on, and that little connection to that utility pole is is basically your limit limiting factor. Yeah, I mean we you know we go out to be closer to nature to get away from people, you know, have that time to kind of just mm-hmm. unplug. And when you go to a campground. I mean, you are closer to people than you are at home, and there's not much nature. You've got some concrete pads and maybe some bushes. And and that's what the industry is pitching. They're saying that that's the lifestyle you can have. Get out. get get, Go camping. Have fun in nature. But then you look at the reality of it, and then you say, this is garbage. Mm -hmm. You know, and you say, why why am I here? What am I doing with this? And people kind of have that moment. They're like, wow, this is what it is. And then – but. So we love the idea of, you know, being able to go to the most beautiful places. You know, there's so much BLM land, of course, um, you know, national parks, all of that. And to not have to be plugged in, you know, to be able to keep producing your water, uh, you know, having just all the things that you need and being in this beautiful place kind of removed from everything else. that's really the beauty in it is that experience of, you know, really going further right. um, and being able to be contem- really autonomous. Yeah. Um, so that's what's exciting. Now, mind you, while we're not there yet, you know, we're not producing our own water yet, you know, that's in development. Yeah. I mean, created today is an outstanding kind of point to, to make that happen. You know, this, this has an incredible amount of capacity when it comes to self-sufficiency, um, our entry level unit, if you want to call it entry level, kind of the core configuration before you put any upgrades into it, it has 1400 watts of solar panels on the roof. You know, you can expand that to, to 2.8 kilowatts. That's 2,800 watts of solar on the roof, you know, which would let you run AC. You can, you can run your own air conditioner off of solar on our unit. Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's, it, it's basically self-sufficient when it comes to power perspective, we have, you know, we have a water tank that's a hundred gallons. Um, and that really is your one most limiting resource as it stands now, you mm-hmm. know, until we start integrating water recycling and then water generation, you know, that hundred gallons, when you leave, that's, that starts going down and then that's, that's what you got. Right? Yeah. Cause ask, you know, well, how long can we be off grid in one of these units? And it just really depends on what you're using. And obviously you've got a hundred gallons of water, you know, you've got showers, you've got toilet use, you know, cooking, um, all of that stuff. It eventually 
yeah. you know, goes away. Um, so being able to produce, you know, our own water and also recycle that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'll be a game changer. Yeah. But I mean, even as, even as it stands right now, we've got, you know, these, these really intelligent systems that, that focus on low water usage, you know, whether it's, um, you know, we put a dishwasher in, you know, not just because it's it, it, doing, doing dishes. We suck hate doing dishes. With my, <laughs> Amen. Uh, Right before this, we were arguing because there's a pile of dishes in our sink, and we're looking at it we're like, oh, I don't want to do this. And and it it takes less water to do a full load of dishes with the dishwasher than doing it by hand. Mm-hmm. So you know, and and also we've got like low flow fixtures everywhere. We've got tankless you know water heaters. You know, and to, you know, so you're not you know utilizing a ton of water. I mean, it's. It's it's this progress that we're on, and we've created this amazing unit right now that we're we're really stoked on. Um, but you know, we're a company of innovation, and we're going to continue to really push the bounds of what's possible in challenging the status quo here. Sweet, right on. So, is that kind of the what are the um, like real, I guess, like inputs that you would need for to have like a completely self-sufficient thing. So you would need water and electricity for sure. Do you need gas or is there a way to just use electricity or, or what do you, yeah, no, you don't need gas. If you can, if you can get beyond and you have to analyze you know, that becomes really very kind of sensitive because if you can build everything off electricity, then you're completely relying on electrical. And then, you know, where do you get electricity from? You know, you can create it from sustainable sources that are available when wherever you are, whether that's, uh, you know, wind, sun. Um, you know, there's other things out there like, you know, um, magnesium power packs that, you know, change, you know, that, that take metals and, you know, add water and then pull out electrical there. There's there's lots of different approaches here um, that we can then pull together. And now, of course, there's this thing that we're addicted to. It's called redundancy. So if there's a failure or if you go, you know, you don't have those resources, like you go to, you know, Washington state in the winter and you don't have sun, Mm -hmm. um, where do you, where do you then capture that electricity? Cause then you're reliant on it. So, you know, is it, I mean, it could be something as simple as having a backup generator, um, or you could have these other kind of power packs or you could get more, you know, technology is just happening so quick right now in terms of happening all around us. <laughs> right, technology is happening right now. And it's it's just it's really cool to see where we are. The amazing products that already exist, they're just not integrated. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of this next level that we're, we're taking on is to just really focus on the integration of systems so that th- this thing that we've created it is. It feels just like a very nice studio. You know, not a studio, but a very high-end, like New York loft. Mm-hmm. And it's designed in a way to feel very residential, so that all this advanced technology, these systems, all this stuff we're talking about right now, it just happens behind the scenes. Because we're not big fan. While we love technology, we don't like it staring at you in the face, or it becomes so burdensome to where you're always having to manage it, understand it, and just you know mess with it to actually allow it to do what it's supposed to do. When it, in the beginning, it was just designed to help us. Mm-hmm. So we really are very sensitive to technology and making sure that every time we embrace that, it it is truly helping us and not just distracting yep. uh, the user or making it more complicated than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we have, uh, I had, the, when we moved here, we have really great internet and I was, I had the realization, I was like, wow, I haven't like had to reset the, uh, Wi-Fi router at all in the past year. Like it just, it finally yeah. just works great. And it's just a part of life. It's not like a hindrance where I'm right. frustrated because it's so slow and, and nothing's working, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, oh. once, once things get to that point, it is, it is very nice where technology helps more than it, it hinders us. Um, okay. So it's really, so really are the two like things that we, that you need are, I mean, I guess you're probably developing everything and thinking of all the different options, but is it really just electricity and water? Yeah. Electricity, water, but then waste management. So it's then what happens when, you know, we're creating, yes, we're, you know, but then, you know, so we have solutions with that, you know, waste, it's a whole waste management system so that when water goes down the shower, that's different than whatever you put in the toilet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you can do certain things with that shower water. You know, you can recycle up to 95% of shower water now, you know, with existing systems, yeah. you know, there's stuff that, you know, over in Denmark, I saw a, um, a product that was completely standalone solar panel on the roof. And it was in an urban environment designed to, you know, for you know homeless folks to, to shower in. And it was, there was no hookups. Uh, and it was, I think it had like, you know, it had like 50 gallons in there, maybe not even that much. But every it was recycling 95%. So it could just go and go and go. And it's just amazing how much you can utilize when you recycle. Then you don't have to actually create that much water. Um, so that's like gray water. And then you can take that. And that what's left over is basically called sludge. What do you do with sludge? Um, and then you can either incinerate, you know, and the same stuff you can do with black, black water, you know, your black tank. You can get into composting toilets if that's your thing. Um, there's really these amazing advanced incineration toilets. Um that just, you know, take waste and then turn it into ash. And then that can be used for compost or for kind of growing food, that kind of stuff. Um, It's very, you know, nutrient dense, um, you know, from a, from a plant base, (laughs) not nutrient dense from a human. Yes. But, you know, once that then gets into this next thing that we're talking about is, okay, so now the systems work independently, but we're really addicted to simple residential spaces. You know, if you look at the living vehicle, it feels residential. It doesn't feel like a trailer. It doesn't, you know, you walk in there, you wouldn't know where you are. Um, we really, you know, as an architect and our entire company, we're kind of this, this group of really passionate designers that, that love the feeling of home. And so we don't want to be putting these products like a, a compost toilet as much as they may work. Um, you know, it's not truly residential. It's not what we associate with a normal residential experience. You know, if you were to go and stay at a hotel, how can we make this as simple as possible where you don't have to do these funky things like reaching down, turning your, you know, your, your compost toilet, you know, and, and you know, it, it just also looks weird. It's this big plastic looking thing. And we're so, trying to find a way to not only achieve, you know, this net zero goal, but also make it more user friendly. Right. And also beautiful. So, you know, if we're going to spec a toilet out in this this product, like I want it to be as close as it possibly can be to a standard residential experience where you just lift up the seat, do your business, close the seat, done. Mm-hmm. Well, it's now that talk to you. I mean, if that's your thing, you know. If, <laughs> like music, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Whatever your that's- thing is. So that's for yeah, 2020. Talking, talking right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what's so, uh, you guys do so well and which is very important is the, uh, you know, we have all the self-sufficient and everything like that, but how the design side of it too and how it looks and how it, it feels and everything. Cause if it's not kind of what we're used to and convenient and elegant there, there might be, you know, a, a subset of people who will do it just because of the eco-ness and everything like that, but it's really not going to get mass widespread is compromise you know compromise you know one of the words you just used was feel how does a space feel because Mm -hmm. basically in effect that's all architecture is doing is creating spaces that make us feel a certain way whether that's hot cold angry happy um you know so every time we design a space we're charged with this you know responsibility of kind of affecting the emotions and feelings do you say angry i've had spaces that are very dark um, that really contribute to anger in a way. Like on purpose? No, not intentionally, oh. but I'm saying architecture's design. I can imagine like somebody give you a project and say like, make this space feel angry. Oh no, like look at the entire <laughs> brutalist. I mean, it's it's heavily, it, I mean, it's heavy spaces that are full of concrete and they're cold. And, you know, uh, we're, as humans, we're very susceptible to our physical surroundings. I mean, Joanna loves the sun. She's, you know, she yeah. grew up on the East Coast, but she's a California girl. And, you know, the sun, warmth, and, you know, that affects our feeling. Right? Totally. It affects the way we are and we would perceive our world on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, not only are we trying to create systems and make this great, this grand self-sustaining kind of vision, but doing it in a way that contributes to our happiness um, and healthfulness as humans as much as possible. You know, that's that's where it really gets delicate because the form, the function and marrying those two, you know, form doesn't just follow function. It's our belief that we have to perfectly integrate those two as the challenge so that something that is beautiful as it functions is also beautiful as you as you see it. Of course, they're equally important to us because as humans, we don't get to to choose which one's more important to us because every day we walk into a space and we feel a certain way, whether we like it or not. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Man, it's kind of like it kind of reminds me of um, uh, like the whole like with Elon Musk where he just made everything, you know, he made the electric car like really sexy, really like everyone. It's a luxury car. And that's kind of what you guys are doing where this is a really like attractive uh, trailer to, to be in. It's it's you know, it's very enticing. And then you look at it and it's great, but then you get deep down and you find out all this other stuff about it, which is just like incredible. Um, so what were some of the, like when you were kind of doing your initial research and you guys, uh, you know, got that first, uh, white trailer that you painted black and, and everything like that, what were some of the things that really stood out that were kind of industry norms or standards that kind of bothered you as far as, uh, design or like purpose? How much time do you have? <laughs> well, I think for me, because I really didn't have much experience with travel trailers before I met Matt. Um, I think it was just the the space itself and being used to, like we've been talking about, kind of residential spaces. You know, I love to cook. I used to be a chef. So having a big kitchen, you know, a lot of storage, counter space. Um, that was severely lacking, um, you know, simple things, even like having an ice maker, um, the shower experience, that was huge for me. Um, you know, like Matt said, I love the sun. I love views. I'm really big on, you know, having windows everywhere and just always feeling connected to the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of these spaces, it's kind of, once you're inside, you're inside and you can be in the most beautiful place, but you can't really see it. Um, because it's, you know, you're in this kind of dark hotel room, Mm -hmm. um, which was really one of the things we wanted to do was to, um, you know, have, have that interaction. And like, if you saw with our patio and the glass slider and all of that, um, it really just kind of invites, you know, the outside in and vice versa. And we really loved, loved that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, it, it really, you know, that really is every unit that we've ever traveled in really doesn't take advantage of, of the outdoors or kind of interacting with the space where you are in nature, wherever that is, you know, cause ultimately that's the objective is to get out in an environment where you like, I mean, it's not the space itself. Like we're traveling, we're trying to live in a place that appreciates where we are, where we live, you know? So, you know, we try to blur the distinction between inside and outside space, visually, the way you feel, you know, physically, um, yeah, so that's a big one. I think storage just all around. Um, that's kind of the number one thing that we hear from mm-hmm. people. And I mean, we keep, you know, every, I don't know, six months we go through our stuff and we keep getting rid of more and more stuff. Yeah. But I mean, as humans, we need a certain amount of things to live mm-hmm. and to go about our daily business and, mm-hmm. um, you know, to work and eat food and recreate. Um, so building in smart storage where, okay, we have all these out, you know, outdoor things and surfboards and bikes, like let's build a specific place where it makes sense to put those things. Um, and always felt like, okay, here's a little storage, here's a cabinet with, you know, a water pump in it. And it was like, all right, none of this really is helpful for the things that I have in my life. Well, I mean, and and that's the reality is that there was all a compromise, right? Because it wasn't designed. And I, I think people try and understand really why this is truly different. I mean, just beside, besides the fact that you look at it and say, wow, beautiful, um, is really that functional reality is designed from the ground up, purpose-built for this type of living. Um, and storage is a big one of those. You know, another one is quality, is that if you're going to live in this full-time or for an extended period of time, um, it's got to stand up uh, and stand up to abuse, yeah, stand durability. up to use, you know, and to travel, the reality is there. And that was probably the biggest one for me that I saw. Um, it was ubiquitous with whether it was a, a $10,000 starter trailer or a $600,000, you know, high-end motorhome class A, is that they were all built the same. Um, the finish might look a little different, but it's the same kit of parts. You know, it's yeah. all built in a way that eventually will fall apart over a very short period of time. And you know, I get it. I get the markets they're serving and I get that it's really just commodity type industry, but it really is not conducive to what we're trying to do. And so that's where we had to kind of go back to the drawing board and say, how do we build this in a way that will increase quality? Because that's, that really is our number one priority in all of this is to maintain quality. 
And, you know, we're on that path. We're really trying and, you know, taking the lessons and learning from everything and then investigating new approaches. Yeah, it's hard in an industry that hasn't changed in a very long time. And, yes. um, you know, it's it's really hard because there's only so much that we can control. And, you know, that really has been kind of our biggest, I think, struggle, um, you know, is just having these super high standards and then dealing with the reality of what's possible today. Yeah. Um, so that's really something that we're continuing to push yeah. on. And whether that's components or, you know, the way that things are built or the limitations of suppliers or even the way that changing the way that people think who are actually building this, you know, it's really a challenge on a lot of different levels. Um, but, but we're definitely seeing progress. Uh, in this industry, or at least in our little little world, mm-hmm. uh, as we kind of bring this to market. Yeah, nice. It is interesting how the the standard kind of RV and industry hasn't it really hasn't changed much, and that they're all kind of designed similarly, and they look the same. And yeah, it is. I remember, you know, we've had an RV ever since I was you know since I was born, my whole family, and that was always something that my mom was so frustrated with was that the first thing you mentioned was the um, not having like any windows in there because it mm. just felt so silly for us to go out and to travel, but then be stuck in this box and we can't even really see out to what we're going to, to visit. You're all staring at each other and <laughs> like, all right, that's yeah, right. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. So it, it yeah. is very cool that you guys are, are working on this. And, and I think the big one is that, you know, the people that have designed, you know, these RVs in the past, I don't think they've spent much time in them. Um, you know, and I think what's the statistic? It's about 3% of the higher ups in the RV industry actually have owned one of their products um, or, you know, or time in them. Or, yeah, I forget exactly. Don't quote me on that, that but yeah, it's, it's something outrageous. Yeah, and scary. In general, the, you know, if you take it back and look at it from a subjective or just less objective, it's just that, the lack of experience from those in control and making the decisions on a true, like, what do the customers want? What, what is the experience influencing and how can we create something better? And so I, yeah. And our motto is really design from experience. And, you know, Matt has an amazing background from architecture and then doing, you know, all these custom projects. And then from us living together, you know, just the realities of, how do things function? You know, is there enough room to turn around? Like, where do I put my things? Going through that process really gives so much insight into how you need to design something that's going to be appealing to you know most people and function for a variety of uses, whether it's a family, you know, a couple, people that have, you know, a lot of you know, toys, you know, outdoor gear, if somebody's really big on collecting books or painting or, I mean, there's so many different people out there and creating an adaptable functional space that meets everybody's needs. That's a pretty fun challenge. Yeah, and it's, you know, we can't meet everybody's needs. Of course, you know, we're not a product for everybody. We accept that, but we really choose what we're doing and then we choose to do that well. And, you know, we're not going to diversify. We're not going to create 10 different models and then try and please everyone. We're going to do one product. We're going to do it really well. And we're going to continue to innovate on the things that really matter. You know, we're not going to just create new floor plans or, you know, put in some new. Now introducing stripes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, really investing heavily, you know, in in the you know the profits from you know our startup, um, pushing that back into like true innovation to really R&D, change yeah. change this product and make it you know get towards that goal. And that's what's nice about having that goal for us is that it really helps focus our business. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you really were yearning for when you were doing your one-off customizations was, you know, each time you finished one, it was like, okay, back to the drawing board. Yes, right. Each one, you know, was different. It was a different shell mm-hmm. know, set of requirements. And I think what was so appealing about this was literally the ability to perfect, you know, one vehicle, one floor plan, and, you know, just keep, you know, every year, you know, making it better, adding better technology and systems mm-hmm. and not being distracted with floor plans and color palettes and all these things that, you know, really were secondary to the experience. 
Okay. Interesting. So you guys are sort of taking the approach where like, you know, this is kind of where you have the existing, you know, shell that you guys have and, and the floor plan and layout and everything. And you're kind of, you guys kind of want to stick with that and then really just keep evolving everything to really get to the the net zero kind of outcome. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, as we live in it, it's not just keep everything that's physical, the built infrastructure there. Like we're refining, making the shell better, making, just making everything better, you know, and, and learn from, you know, every year we, we, we want to continue to make improvements, you know, tangible, you know, meaningful improvements. Yeah. I mean, you know, we on and off, you know, live, live in the units and right now, actually the one that we are living in is, um, it's on its way to a new owner and we're waiting for kind of our newest prototype that we're working on and we'll be moving into that one shortly. Um, so we're always, you know, getting to interact and use that space ourselves and when you're in it, you can't get away from it. You know, mm-hmm. we can't be in our unit and not be thinking about what's that sound or, oh, that corner's sharp or this is really a pain in the butt to access. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so us going through that experience really, I mean, it was just on our minds 24-7. And, and we want it to be good enough for us. And I think we're pretty obsessive when it comes to details and, um, you know, just when you've got 212 square feet, um, you want to perfect every single, you know, inch of that. And I think once we get there, um, most people will kind of be like, okay, this works for me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And who knows? We may never get there, but you know, <laughs> we <laughs> may think, never get there. I, I think, you know, I mean, that is one of our latest, you know, mottos is progress, not perfection is that, you know, we've got an ambitious goal and we're making progress along the way. Yeah. You know, it may never reach perfection, which is the, the bear that I was alluding to. Um, yeah, it can be overwhelming, you know, with these lofty goals. And um, <laughs> I can imagine you want to make water, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's there's a lot of people like minded people out there that you know are able to kind of help us with that. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of products like Matt you know, touched on already people doing this, um, especially outside of the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. So we're really just trying to, you know, be on the forefront of everything that's new to come. And it's going to help, you know, our environment and just keep us uh I mean, help us, you know, not just the environment, of course. For the environment, you know, but never like mind. Help, help us as people live better lives, live, yeah. live lives that are, you know, if you choose to live a certain way, it's like we're challenging the way we, the way that people live, or at least the way that society or maybe family or your parents tell you that you need to live, you know, go to college, get a job, get a work a lot, you know, get married, get kids, you know, get two and a half, go get some get, kids, get two and a half cars. Okay. You know, you and then kids, and then bam, you know, by the time you're 70, then you can finally retire and start enjoying your life. And at those campgrounds. Yeah, at the campgrounds that you know we we already <laughs> talked about. So, you know, I think that's uh, well, that's actually kind of an interesting segue, which you know, as we're kind of wrapping up here, where you know, ultimately the goal is to change the way that people live uh, and travel, you know, to make it more conducive to what they truly choose to do, because we believe that life. You know, we're put here um, to do whatever you want to do, you know, as, as long as it's not, you know, illegal. And, and we be, do not condone illegal activity. We don't condone illegal. <laughs> Good disclaimer, yes. The, the, the freedom of choice is very powerful. And to create a life that enables you to have that freedom of choice, um, and not just ability to choose, but to have better choices, to where if you live in a way that's respectful and um, you know, not just to the environment, but to your own financial reality, um, with the way that you choose to live in your space, to you know, all these things. You talk about for, being a steward. Yeah, you know, yeah, sure. Yeah, being a steward of of life uh, and our world. Um, you know, then then that enables you the freedom and the flexibility to then pursue your passions more. You know, so you're not spending all your time doing these things that society says you should be doing to pay for the stuff that you can't afford to impress the people that you don't like, you know, it's, it's, it's very silly. Um, it's kind of like a new, it's an updated kind of hierarchy of needs. I don't know if you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but you've got, you know, the shelter, clothing, um, you know, food, water, kind of all those things. And until you have those things, you can't, you know, go beyond that. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the goal is self-actualization, um, so kind of taking that concept 
um, but looking at it a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really about freedom, you know, about challenging the old American dream, you know, something that's more founded on being true to yourself, whatever that is, um, and pursuing that and enabling a life that allows you to sit back and think, huh, maybe I don't need to live the way that, you know, everyone else is living, you know, and I think we're kind of at this, this forefront, this real crux of challenging that American dream, frankly, and, you know, embracing something new, a different way that's more founded on experience and being true to yourself, um, and connection with people that you love, um, you know, and really embracing those ideals. And, you know, again, it's not, it's not right for everyone, but we believe that if you're true to yourself and, you know, you live within your means and you're respectful to not only the environment, but people around you and, um, you know, good things happen. You know, we manifest good things in our lives when that happens. Um, and then we're happier people, we're happier uh, with our lives and, you know, we're friendlier to those around us. Yeah. We like to talk about kind of the collective genius of the world and when people have all of these me needs met, you know, and are fulfilled in their own lives and they're just better human and there's better, uh, better advancements. You know, people yeah. are right. connecting more. Right. Um, if you're not constantly struggling to meet the things that you need because you're, you know, you're burdened by too much stuff, you're working too hard. You've got a 60 hour a week job or a hundred hour a week job. Who knows? Mm -hmm. scraping by right and so if we kind of take a step back and then say how can we advance that then, i mean who knows where we as a, a world you know can go if we're all focused on advancing things and making our life our collective world better mm -hmm. you know there's some pretty cool stuff that could happen out of out of this change in paradigm cool i love it yeah i'm like I love that that philosophy and mindset that's totally what i am trying to um get to and 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 achieve in my life too. It's just like where, you know, I don't really, a lot of stuff I don't need. It's just causing extra stress in my life, extra things. So, um, and I really appreciate, you know, like having the living vehicle where it's what I envision and love about it is I, I want to do a lot of traveling, but also I, I like having a home base and having places I can go regularly and people to hang out with and stuff. So, um, I like that I could almost have, buy a plot of land, have a home base and, and live in, in the living vehicle and then also take it out whenever I want and do extended travel with it. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it is very cool. Wow. Awesome. That was great. I love it. it <laughs> it's, you know, I've, I've read a lot about the living vehicle and, you know, watched all the videos and, and all the features and everything like that, but you really don't, it was great talking to you guys. Cause you really get the full, the philosophy. And, and I, now I truly like understand why you guys are doing this and you know, why it's so important to you. So it's, it's cool to see. So thank you for, uh, for being on and, and sharing. Um, so real quick, I just, where can, you know, if people are, are probably stoked to learn more about the living vehicle and, and see some photos of it and everything, I'm sure. So, uh, where can someone listening go to, to learn some more? <laughs> uh, I think that's alluding to um, our website, which is Joanna did. Joanna did all this. This is um, Joanna created our website. You know, she's a, a marketing genius. It's beautiful. Go check it out. Um, I'm really proud of her for what she created. Um, nice. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, livingvehicle.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Living Vehicle, and um, yeah, you can uh, come see a unit here in Santa Barbara and. Um, we are we are here for people. We love questions, and we love uh, you know talking to people that are interested in this kind of lifestyle, but not really kind of sure about next steps, or you know maybe new to it. Um, you know, so we're we're a wealth of of knowledge and resources. So yeah, you know, and contrary to what most people believe, we're kind of we're, we're pretty accessible and friendly. So. Reach out, um, you know, if you want to come visit us in Santa, if I'm hungry, Santa I'm not Barbara, hungry, I'm hungry. <laughs> um, Barbara, California, come by, you know, say hello. And um, yeah, we, we'd love to chat with you. Sweet. Yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm super excited to see, you know, where this leads to and what you guys do next with Living Vehicle and where it goes. It's, it's going to be fun. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes to. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cool. Well, thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. Um, have a good one and, uh, you know, get back to figuring out how to make water out of thin air. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks so guys. much. Bye. Appreciate it. Hey, guys. Travis is here again. Um, so the podcast is over. It's done. So you can just leave right now. So don't worry about it. But I just had a couple things I wanted to mention and say to you guys. So first of all, thanks for listening to the episode or watching the episode. Super appreciate that. Um, if you want to connect with me or in, in the podcast, uh, we're on, we have a website. It's called curiosityness.com. Um, curiosityness is C-U-R-I-O-S-I-T-Y-N-E-S-S. Kind of weird. Um, but that's what it is. Curiosityness.com. Uh, you can go there. We have an Instagram, Instagram.com slash Curiosityness podcast. So not just curiosityness for the username. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Trav DeRose, T-R-A-V-D-E-R-O-S-E, if you want to find just me. Um, oh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash curiosityness. We're on YouTube. Uh, I think just go to YouTube and search curiosityness and we'll pop up. Uh, I don't think we have a URL for that one, sorry. Oh, and we have a, I have an email address, Travis at curiositiness.com. So if you want to email me, you know, give me your thoughts on the show, suggestions, tips, uh, maybe like a suggestion for a new, for a guest who could come on, maybe yourself or somebody that you know who might be interested or, or you would like to hear on the podcast, let me know about that stuff. I, I would love to hear that. Um, Oh, and then if you could leave a review, too, for the podcast, that would be super appreciated. Uh, the reviews in, like, in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, wherever you're listening to this, super help. Um, just drop, like, a star, whatever star review. I won't tell you to do five, but it'd be nice. Uh, so drop a review. You can write a review even, too, if you want. That would be even better. Um, but that's about it. So thanks again for watching. I super appreciate you, you know, listening to the whole show and staying here. Um, and yeah, thanks again. Have a good day. Bye-bye.